Hiloto. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you're watching by live stream, just receive the prophetic or YouTube or just, just whatever. Just receive right now. The words are going to come forth in Jesus' name. I saw in the spirit last week, I saw a open heavens. And this morning, I just saw this scripture running all through it. And it's kind of strong, but it's so good. So, so good. Thank you, Jesus. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He who sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. And its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of the world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows them away and they wither. And on a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me, saith the God Almighty? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes, look to the heavens. Who created all these things? He who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls them each by name. Because of his great power and might and strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded from my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator to the ends of the earth. He will not grow weary nor tired, and he understands. He has understanding that no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, and he increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who place their hope in the Lord, those who place their hope in the Lord, they will be renewed with great strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and shall not faint. That is Isaiah 40, 21 through 31, says the Lord. Hallelujah. We receive that. Let's wait on the Lord some more. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just get the sense that... Uh, you know, Perry Stone had a good word a while ago saying that one of the main strategies of the devil is to try to wear you out. And the devil, he'll say, you know what, I can wear you out with this or that. But I feel like the Lord's saying that when he thinks he's got you worn out, he will give strength for you to rise and destroy Lord says, I am able, I am able to produce streams in the desert. I am able to produce water where there is none. But I am the Lord. And it says, every witchcraft spirit, we curse you in Jesus' name. Every pythonic spirit, we curse you in Jesus' name. Every generational curse, we curse you in the name of Jesus. And we say, the glory of God reigns. We receive you to be seen for what you are. We receive the glory of God to reign. And Father, in Jesus' name, we say for ourselves, our families, our church, Father God, when the enemy, for our nation, when the enemy tries to come in, you raise like a flood. Glory to God. You raise up like a flood. And you destroy the destroyer. I tell you what, the devil's in the wrong place today. For real. I tell you, I am not going to let lying spirits, witchcraft spirits, generational curses, pathonic spirits, which try to hinder what God's doing. I'm not going to, I'm not going to let, I, whew, Holy Ghost. Like Kathy said before, I tell you, rise up through the Holy Ghost and speak truth. It's greater than a lie and every and the spirit of the devil. I know that's strong, but I'll tell you, ooh, Jesus, 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 yes. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Man, 
Father, we give you praise that you're worthy, you're not mocked, and Lord God, everything that would try to, anything would try to come against us, we condemn in Jesus' name according to your word, Isaiah 54, 17. But we just don't condemn. We lose, Father God, in its place. We lose love. We lose faith. We lose the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. We lose you. Life. Father, we receive by ability with you. Just like electricity, Lord. Let it run through us today. Let rain rise up. Let fire rise up. Let rain and fire come down. Mm-hmm. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Glory to your name. Amen. Glory to your name. Whew, I know that story. You can be seated. Glory God to God. God is good. All the time. Uh, before I dismiss the children on my heart, I have a scripture. Somewhere in the New Testament, Romans, I believe, it says, The kingdom of God is peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen. When Jesus talked to his disciples, he told them, Preach the kingdom of God is here. You don't have to pray the kingdom of God down because Jesus already paid the price. Mm-hmm. With that said, mm-hmm. try not to take a burden of self-guilt or self-shame. Hallelujah. I think I'm speaking to someone. Mm-hmm. Just let me talk for a moment. Uno momento. And it's this. When you feel afraid, when you don't feel good, and you go to the word, and you go to the same scripture, Perhaps what you could do first is just start to sing. I've been singing a lot more doing laundry. I've been just singing a lot more doing housework. And it's been a release in my spirit. So there's more than one way. Coming to church is a God-given privilege. Amen. In America, we have that opportunity. And I'm so glad you're with us. So don't beat yourself up. Get yourself some worship songs that minister to you. Some of these songs, some people have said they've gone with them all week long. Mm. It really helps them on the job. God's with you wherever you are. So don't ever feel like he's not with you because he is with you. And if he's in you, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Don't take self-guilt. Don't do any self-harm. For you are the temple of God's spirit. You need him now more than ever before, perhaps. And he's right there. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, you can take it and repeat this. If not, you can say it anyway. Just say, this is my Bible. I believe it is God Almighty in written form. And today, it went in my heart, my mind, my emotions, and my body, conforming me to the image of Jesus Christ to the glory of the Father. Amen. It's good to see everyone. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you weren't here for last Sunday, I want to encourage you to watch uh, on YouTube. We talked about decisions determine destiny. That message and the message right now, really for this church, and I believe it is what God is doing in many churches that are seeking him, I believe are so vital. So uh, last Sunday's message and this Sunday, I I tell you, they are so significant in understanding the vision of this church and how to enter into what God's doing. So I really want to encourage you to uh, really enter in to these messages. I really believe they're they're spirit-led and there's just a whole lot there. We shared last Sunday, Decisions Determine Destiny. We shared that Decisions are a key. And God is not out in any way, shape, or form to bring harm to us, to take anything from us. But he will deal with us, especially when something isn't right. He'll deal with us when decisions need to be met. Why aren't decisions made many times? Because we think if we make the decision, we're going to lose. We think if we give up something, we're going to lose. We think that if uh, we make a commitment to spend more time in the Word, we're going to lose that time. God wants us to understand it's a privilege to serve Jesus. Amen? Decisions determine destiny. Sometimes it's a matter of pride. 
you know, type of thing. Well, you know, and not making decisions. I don't want to forgive. I don't want to admit I'm wrong. I don't want to admit that, you know, I have to deal with this. Jesus is deserving of right decisions. Amen? Not legalistically, but in the context of intimacy of relationship. Glory to God. And these last days, in a church, in the church age where lukewarmness is so prevalent, the enemy is always going to say, what can I do? What can I not do and still be okay? That's not the question to ask. The question to ask is how can I enter in to a greater degree? What if God tells you to fast once a week? What if God tells you, you know, it's because he wants to bring forth, amen, strength, manifestation, and destiny in the last days. All right. Now, in this message, we're going to share on open heavens, and uh, it's going to be very powerful. Go with me to Daniel 10. Daniel chapter 10. Glory to God. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. In Daniel chapter 10, Daniel is seeking God. He's really seeking God. And there was a prophecy that he did not understand. It did not come to pass yet. So he's seeking God. It is important when something isn't manifesting like you want it to, to seek God. And, because a lot of times you just need to tweak certain things. It might be your, your, your verbal confession. Might be unforgiveness. It's going to be a lot of things God wants to deal with. See, and when times are going good, seek God so it can get better. Amen? So Daniel's seeking God. Jesus. And uh, verse 8, he said, Therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me. In verse 9, Yet I, I heard the voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words... Then I was in a deep sleep on my face and my face toward the ground. And behold, a hand touched me, which set me uh, upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Dean, you are a man greatly beloved. God wants you to know that you're greatly beloved. Amen? Whoo, glory to God. Instead of speaking negatively towards anyone, we need to speak you're greatly beloved. Glory to God. Understand the words that I speak unto thee. And stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken his word unto me, I stood trembling. Then he said unto me, this is Gabriel speaking, the angel, Fear not, Daniel. Now listen to this. For from the first day that thou didst set thy heart to understand, and did chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard. And I have come for thy words. Got to you something? If you're seeking God to speak words of life, God will come for these words to confirm you. If you're speaking words of curse, whether you're cursing yourself, whether you're speaking negative towards somebody else, I'm going to tell you something. The devil will come for those words. I'm going to say that again. The words that you speak will enable God to move or the enemy to move. Glory to God. We need to be careful what we speak. Glory to God. John Bevere said in his books, uh, I tell you, he's, he's pretty strong. But he said, so often, it's not the devil that condemns. It's the church. The people in the church condemn one another. He's talking the church as a whole. Isn't that crazy? And they believe lies or gossip, whatever it is. And not, usually it's hurt people hurt people. But the bottom line is it shouldn't be that way. It doesn't have to be that. Amen. Keep your words, words of blessing to yourself, your family, and others. Speak life. Man, if you can't speak life, glory to God, then don't speak at all. Amen. He came for his words. Verse 13. Now listen to this. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, he's talking about demonic principality, withstood me. 21 days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, archangels, came to help me, and then I remained there with the kings of Persia. And he's saying that in the heavenlies there was a battle. We need to understand 
So much of our life is a fruit of what's going on in the heavenlies. We need to understand we sit in heavenly places above all principalities and power. And we need to understand that what we sow really goes into the heavenlies and can bring blessing or curse. Now, this is a little meaty what I'm going to share today. You know, if you're wanting milk today, you're probably in the wrong place. We're going to share some meat today, but it's really, really important to understand. Glory to God. We're going to share on how you create your own environment for your own life, your family, this church, really, and it goes to your job place, but to the nation. All right? So we see very simply, in Daniel 10, Daniel is seeking God. His words were heard, but there was a battle in the heavenlies. You need to know and I need to know that there's spiritual warfare involved. The blood of Jesus has opened the heavens to the throne room. But I want to share something that most Christians never consider. What you sow on the earth can pollute the heavens on your behalf that cause the enemy to be able to negate things that you want to see to come to pass. It's a strong spiritual principle that's usually not shared, and we're going to share it today. Glory to God. All right? So the, the environment that you set is so important. You know, when, when I say Las Vegas, what, are, what do you think of? Sin, gambling? That was so too. And in the heavenlies, there's a spirit over that city. I've prostitution, of gambling, etc. Legalized prostitution, gambling. It was so too. It has to be broken. by the Amen, by receiving the blood breaks it. But we have to understand what is so too affects the environment in the heavenlies that affects you. San Francisco, when you think of that, you think of, again, you think of sin, you think of different things. Now Seattle, you think of murder. Man, when you dismiss the police, when you curse the police, when you curse law and order and promote chaos, I'm going to tell you something. Spirits can take over the environment of a city and I tell you what, it produces murder. This is strong. And we're going to see how it applies to you and I. But on the other hand, glory to God, when things are so too rightly, it creates an environment of glory. Woo, hallelujah, where the presence of God, the life of God emanates on the earth because of the environment that has been sowed to. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I've shared this different times, but I'll never forget I was working on my master's degree at a certain university. And I walked into this class. And, man, there was just a spirit that wasn't right. And I believe the Bible teaches traditional marriage between a man and a woman, not between a man and a man or a woman and a woman. That doesn't mean that we condemn people. Amen? We love people at the same time. I tell you, it doesn't help people when you enable people by being afraid to stand up for what's right. So I go in this class Man, and all these spirits are coming against me. And then I found out every person in that class and the professor was of a persuasion, honestly, of just a profound sin in every way you could think of, sexual sin. Well, I broke it in Jesus' name and cursed it. But what I'm saying is, what you sow to produces an environment. One shall put a thousand to flight, two shall put ten thousand to flight. There's a corporate anointing that God's bringing forth in the church that the devil does not like. And I tell you what, but I believe with every fiber of my being, he can't stop it in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. But you can see this in your home. Man, if two people, if a husband and wife, they're in strife, man, you walk in there and you can just sense 
strife. You can sense something's not right. If they're in unity, man, you sense the kingdom of God. Joy, peace, amen? I, I, I tell you, raising our kids, most of the time, they, their friends would want to come to our house because it was a refuge, it was a blessing. College students were always in and out because they sensed Jesus there, amen? Because there was an environment that Kathleen and I created, amen, of love and acceptance in the gospel. Glory to God. It is time, amen, to understand how this works. Tommy Barnett in Phoenix, Arizona, he's the, the guy that started the Dream Centers. Now there's many of them. He had a burden for his city. And man, there was just a lot of things not right. And he said, we're going to have a church. When people walk into this church, they're going to sense the love of God and they're going to sense the need to submit yourself to the word of God. And man, people just start getting saved left and right because they created an environment. And they dealt with people, especially with drug addicts, with the dream center where people wouldn't go. See, it broke something in the heavenlies. It loosed, amen, on the earth, glory to God, the vision of the heart of God. David Wilkerson, man, when he went to New York City and risked his life, the minister to gangs. Man, he broke something in the atmosphere in New York City, and that's how Team Challenge was started. Something was a broken and something was established. I tell you, one or two people can do a whole lot. Bill Johnson in Northern California got together with a number of pastors in his area. They had one of the highest cancer rates in the country in their area, and they started to fast and pray, fast once a week and pray. And in one year, I think 18 months, the cancer level significantly went down. Why? Because they opened up the heavenlies so God could reign. All right? This will become more apparent the more examples we give and more scriptures we give. It's amazing. I've shared with a number of people in this church that there's a forerunner spirit. What's a forerunner spirit? Well, John the Baptist was a forerunner. Man, he was somebody that paved the way for Jesus. A forerunner, Jesus is, the Bible says, is the forerunner. As when you make a way, you forge a path that hasn't been forged before by making right decisions and then enables others to follow you in that path in a much easier way. Glory to God. But a forerunner is somebody that has to blast some things open because there's things in front of them that have not been negated. Let me give, give you some examples. Glory to God. There's a guy, William Seymour, one of the greatest revivals in the United States ever took place in the early 1900s, Azusa Street Revival. African-American man, he, he would go, nobody saw him. He would put a box over his head. Just cry out to God for hours for revival. People would just be drawn. They was gonna, in Los Angeles, they would come in off the street and just say, I, I, I mean, I want to know Jesus. I want to be baptized in the Spirit. I want to speak in tongues. I want more Jesus. Man, it kindled one of the greatest revivals the world's ever known. See, this is what's in my spirit right now. Glory to God. This is why, you know, honestly, the enemy doesn't like this church, what we stand for, because I, I tell you something, he hates it when there's true breakthrough. Amen? Glory to God. So William Seymour is a good example of that. Evan Roberts, he was a young man. He was the person that God used in the Welsh revival, which preceded the Azusa Street revival. He was a young man, 18, not 18 years old or so, and he was in a, a city in Wales that most of the uh, men were coal miners, very rough people, and he tried to share the gospel over and over again, and it didn't work. They laughed at him, they, they scorned him, they persecuted him, they mocked him, and he kept going back to God. He said, there's something in my spirit. See, this is what I want to get across to you personally. He said, there's something in my spirit that just says that revival can break out. 
And he just started seeking God. And one day he was in the town square. He started thinking about these scores and hundreds and thousands of people in a city on their way to hell. And he just started to weep and weep uncontrollably for hours and hundreds surrounded him. Then he shared what was in his heart. It started revival. Glory to God. A revival that impacted the world. Because one young man, 18 years old, let his heart out. Glory to God. Didn't let the devil stop him by persecution, offenses, what people were saying about him, this, his age, whatever. That's how revival comes. Amen? I just sense something. We're on the precipice of something that's for real. Let me give some more examples. Glory to God. Years ago in the 60s, I believe, it was uh, Nyack College where they trained a lot of ministers. And uh, there was a young man who was uh, a student at the college wanting to become a minister. And they had uh, a prayer meeting before school started. And he was going in you know, share scriptures and do this and that. And the night before, God dealt with them and said, man, how can you, you're living a life of hypocrisy. You're in sexual sin. How can you do this? And man, before the whole student body, the faculty, he just broke down, confessed his sin. Humbled himself. Didn't know what the ramifications were going to be. And revival started to break out. Many students started to confess their sins. Repentance started. Revival started. And that whole week, cancels were, were canceled because the fire of God came down. Jesus. Jesus. Because pride was broken. Someone admitted they were wrong. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. Man, I've been in Catherine Coleman meetings, so powerful. I mean, I can't tell you how awesome. Man, six hours is like 15 minutes. And glory to God. But she's somebody. She was used to break through, to bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth. Someone says, well, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven's come, but if you so wrongly, the demonic spirits have a rat to hold things up and to manifest the kingdom of darkness. Mm. Man, she broke barriers through humility, consecration, one of the greatest healing ministries the world's ever known. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. David Hogan, I share a lot because he's a friend and how many people do you know that raised 450, 500 people from the dead? For real. But man, he sought God. Matthew 10, 7 and 8 for years. Make it real. He humbled himself. And Jesus came. And I tell you, when different people were raised from the dead, there was, well, you can imagine. Heaven came down. We're talking about open heavens. Glory to God. Kenneth Hagin, man, apostle of faith. Man, he shared about faith when people thought, you know, when you said, you know what, you're going to have what you say. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, even though it's in the word. People scorned him, persecuted him. He said, you don't understand, man. He said, my wife and I in the wintertime, we didn't even have coats. We learned this the hard way. And also, I'm just sharing with you how, what God taught me. Man, it's changed millions of lives because someone stood up for what was right doctrinally. Charles Spinney, hundreds of years in the church. Little kids would go to bed screaming because they wouldn't accept Jesus and their parents would tell them that they weren't of the elect and they weren't chosen to be saved. Crazy stuff. Jonathan Edwards' sermons, nutty stuff. Hundreds of years. He broke the back of that with his book, Systematic Theology. What I'm saying is this. 
you can open the heavens in your own life for the life of this church, for the life of the nation. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Because the blood is already made a way. Amen. All right, let's get, let's get it more personal right now. Amen. We shared last Sunday about decision determined destiny. Oh, man. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. The decision to be in the word. The decision to love. Love hopes all things, believes all things about somebody. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, man, I can't even tell you. Young pastors I worked with, and man, the devil comes in and tries to defame and whatever, and people just believe whatever they hear. It's just, it's shameful. Love hopes all things, believes all things, fights for one another. Love reaches out to the unsaved. Love reaches out and sacrifices. Making a decision to do right. Simple things. Glory to God. Woo. Jesus. But here's the deal. Before you can affect the atmosphere in your family, your job, your community and your nation, you have to be affected yourself first. You have to have an open heart. What do I mean by this? If your soul, if there's bitterness, anger, pride, lukewarmness, all this stuff, I'm not being legalistic. Your, your heart's not going to be free. I share this a lot, but it bears repetition. If you take the great white whale, man, in the ocean, he's king. He can destroy, devour anything. But man, if he gets beached, he gets entangled in seaweed, and then man loses his ability to swim and enters into being beached, it doesn't matter how strong he is. Man, he's going to be destroyed. You have a born-again spirit that's amazing. The Holy Spirit dwells in that spirit. The love of God, the faith of God, the life of God, the wisdom of God. Woo! But if you let the seaweed of your soul wrap around it, it will defile, it will defile your spirit. I tell you, you'll enter into bitterness, you'll enter into unbelief, you'll enter into disillusionment. Man, you'll run away from the body of Christ, then you'll wonder why it's not working. So the first thing to open heavens is to have an open heart. Not letting the seaweed of the flesh cause you to be immobilized in your spirit. Whether it's unbelief, whether it's man not getting closure when you are, from when you are hurt. Whether it's man thinking you're always right. Whether it's thinking that, you know what, this or that. I know this is strong, but I'll tell you what. God is bringing forth a revival in these last days to counteract what the devil's doing. But if you don't enter into this, I'm going to tell you something, you're going to be overcome. The devil's getting stronger. That's not negative. That's reality. But God wants to get stronger. He is getting stronger with people, glory to God, to take them serious and make right decisions because they love him so much. They love others so much. They're willing to take a back seat. They're willing, glory to God, for the sake of the baby. They're willing to do what's right, glory to God, for Jesus to be glorified. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Is it worth it to pay the price? Yes. It's worth it. And we're going to look at how the open heavens manifest. But we, amen. Man, I, I, you know, in our church, I think almost every person in our church I can brag about because you wouldn't be in this church. Man, if you wouldn't want Jesus, to be honest with you. You know, I showed Trisha's testimony. Man, years ago, picking her up off the floor, it looks like she's dying, and now she gets an amazing report that's changing people's lives. 
You know, look at John Duncan. John got, man, almost got killed recently. But he got better rather than bitter after getting hit from behind and almost dying. Man, I think of Clive's wife, Tammy, you know what I'm saying? Man, she's fighting when people would have given up. I can almost say that about everyone here. We need to understand, glory to God, that when we work the word, it works. Amen? Shh. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. When we don't run from God and to God, we get better rather than bitter. It works. Glory to God. Mm. Jesus. Jesus in Mark 5, we see how environment was changed. We know the, the story. There is a demoniac of Gadara. He was so crazy. Man, this was a tourist area. This was a, a, an affluent area. Man, and everything was going downhill because this guy, you go in this, this area and you'd hear this guy screaming night and day in the tombs. And then they tried to, you know, handcuff him and break the handcuffs. And, and man, the whole territory was being influenced by this guy. And Jesus came. But you know what? what? What happened before he got to the demoniac? The devil tried to trip him up. Man, seasoned fishermen. Jesus said, we're going to the other side. I'm telling you, in this church, we're going to the other side. We're going to the other side. But man, the enemy will try to trip you up. A storm arose to the point where water was filling the boat to the point the seasoned fishermen thought they were going to die. But they got to the other side. Why? Because of Jesus. You'll get to the other side because of Jesus. Glory to God. And you know what? That man got delivered. He started telling about everybody about the mercy of God. Because even when that miracle happened, he didn't receive them right away. But when he came back, the environment had changed. And they were ready to receive the gospel. And great revival took place. And the very location where this man, the enemy had used him to bring fear and bondage. Woo, glory. It's in the spirit of Jesus. Amen. To change, to bring revival. Glory to God. Hallelujah. For your family, you create the environment. Man, live right. And I tell you what, and, and, you, and, and you nurture your kids and there's an environment there. You know, with, with this church, I've already shared some things. What's, you know, the vision, man, is intimacy. That's why it's called Abba Christian Center. Intimacy with the Son, with the Holy Ghost. It's about the blood of Jesus. Man, uh, Robin found a picture. It was in a medical journal of just what Jesus looked like. Man, after he had been scourged, I never saw anything like it. I said, I want that. About 15 years ago, God told me, I want you to make a picture track. A picture track. Like the four spiritual laws, the love of God, and then showing what he went through with pictures. Glory to God. We're going to do that with that picture. Glory to God and with Dan McAdoo's helping us. Glory to God. It's the blood, you know, the word of faith, the word of God. Someone says, you're always telling people to get in the word, yeah. If I, if I didn't, I, I couldn't say love. Man, love is the key to this church or any church. Family. Glory to God, just not doing things, but as a family. Evangelism. Glory to God, healing. Prophesied would be a healing center, and we are coming into that. Luke 4, amen? Glory to God in the area of binding up the brokenhearted, sexual abuse, and on and on. Glory to God. Intercession. Glory to God. We have so many great intercessors in this church, so many. Now I think of Betty, I can think of so many people. My wife, she gets, seriously, gets up at 4 in the morning. Many times praying two, three hours, interceding for people. Man, loving people that are hard to love. Interceding. Interceding for me, man, that makes a difference. 
I, I one day I, she, I said, you know, who are you interceding for? She named all these people. I said, intercede for me. You know what I'm saying? Man, so many people here. Glory to God. It's a key. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. I'm going to be honest with you. Probably the biggest things in my spirit is power. It's got to be real. I was sharing at the, the when we baptized, you know, 10, 12 people yesterday. I wanted something real. I didn't need religion. I didn't need a theology. I didn't need a, I needed something real. I didn't think church was real. I hated church. Because when I went to church, when I, it wasn't real. Lord spoke to me. He said, two things need to happen to bring revival. He says, one, you need to be able to prove the word with signs and wonders. And second, you need to confront evil. God wants you to be able to prove the word. You can prove the word. Glory to God in signs and wonders. Glory to God, the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Jesus said, the works I did, you do also. But we have to do these other things first. Amen. Walking in love, walking in the word. Amen. Glory to God. And it'll affect our nation. It'll affect our nation. Go with me to Luke chapter 7. Let's get some more word on the subject. Luke chapter 7. I want you to see something. Man, there's so much in my spirit right now. It's in, it's in God's heart. I don't know if we'll have time to get to all this, but we'll see. Luke chapter 7, verse 11. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him, much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow. Wow. And much people of the city was with her. Here's the deal. The devil knew Jesus was coming. And the devil met him at the gates. And the Old Testament gates, they let certain people in, kept certain people out. The devil didn't want Jesus coming in. So he met him with curse. Premature death is a curse. Man, we got face-to-face -face confrontation, don't we? I love confrontation because Jesus is the one that confronts through us, not ourselves. In the natural, I don't like confrontation, but in Jesus, I do. Amen. And the Lord saw her, had compassion on her, and said unto her, Weep not. He touched her briar and bare him. And those that bear the brass stood still, and he says, Young man, I say unto thee, arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. He delivered him to his mother. There came fear on all of them when they glorified God. Mm. Glory to Jesus. Tell you, that's in my spirit more than you know. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's what changed that area. That's what can change a nation. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I don't have time to speak on this like I was going to. We're going to talk about the spirit of Elijah in open heavens. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, let's look at a little bit of what open heavens looked like. Go with me to 2 Kings 2, if you would. 2 Kings 2. And we've shared on this verse we want to share it in the context of open heavens. This is where it gets exciting. Well, it's all exciting. Glory to God. Mm. Glory to Jesus. So most of us know the story. Elijah and Elisha. Elijah was about to be taken up to heaven. Everybody could sense it. Do you see what I'm sharing with you? I can sense, man, what God wants to do. They all knew. He was going to be taken up. So Elisha's with him. They started Gilgal, northern Israel. Gilgal means a place of equipping, salvation, amen, fellowship, 
baptized in the Holy Ghost, water baptized, whole deal. Then they went to Bethel. That means church. You got to go through church. Someone says, I'm not in the church. You, you don't enter into the anointing. You go through Bethel. Glory to God. And then they came to Jericho, place of battle. We go to church so we can be equipped for battle. Then they went into Jordan. That's where you die to yourself. It's not about you, but about the kingdom. So after he went to these places, man, Elijah, in verse 8, man, he took his mantle, wrapped it together, smote the waters. They were divided hither and thither. They went, they went over on dry ground. He did this all the time. Elijah walked in open heavens. And he says to Elijah, what do you want from me? He said, well, I want a double portion of thy spirit. And he said, you've asked a hard thing. I don't think I expected him to ask that. But here's what he says. If you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so. But if not, it should not be so. The key to receiving from God is the seeing in the spirit realm and then receiving what you see in the spirit realm done on the earth. All the sons of the prophets, when Elijah were taken up, knew he left, but they didn't see how he went. But God opened up their eyes so he could see. Came to pass as they went on and talked. Behold, a there appeared a chariot of fire, horses of fire, parted them asunder. Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha saw and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. He saw him no more, took a man hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces because it was so holy. Then here's what happened. He took up the mantle of Elijah. Woo, glory. He says, where's the Lord God of Elijah? And then he smote the waters with the mantle. And the spirit of Elijah rested on Elisha. I'm here to tell you something. We receive a mantle that's greater than Elijah. We're to receive the mantle of Jesus. If we enter in the Gilgal, being equipped, Bethel, church in the right way in humility, love, and we enter in, glory to God, to Jericho in the battle. We to die to ourselves. Man, one of my mentors, his name's Joe Rice. He said, man, even if I'm right, I'm willing to be wrong, seen as wrong, just for the sake of the body of Christ. Man, he taught me. Man, he taught me well. Man. I'm here to tell you something. You enter into this, you won't only receive the mantle of life. You receive the mantle of Jesus. Because you see, he went up. Elijah said, I'm going up and my mantle's going to fall. Jesus said, you're going to do the works I do. Why? Because I'm going up. And something's going to fall to my church. Whew, Jesus. And you'll do the works that I did. The Spirit of God is going to come to you. Glory to Jesus. But you see, he saw there was open heavens. He saw the glory. He saw the fire. And it translated to earth. So it's seeing it. But I, I tell you, I mean, I'm not impressed with people that say they see the glory, they see this, they see that. I'm impressed when it manifests in their life. But you do have to see it before you enter into it. Jesus said you're born again so you can see the kingdom of God. That's so what happens. You must be born again so you can enter into the kingdom of God, what you see. See, this gets me excited because it's for real. All right? Hallelujah. Can someone say amen? Second Kings 6. Let's go there. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, there's so much glory to God. Oh, man. So much we want to enter into. All right. Second Kings 6. Elisha, every time the king of Syria was going to ambush the army of Israel, he would solve before it happened and warn the king of Israel. 
That's open heavens, isn't it? And someone told the king of Syria and said, man, because he thought someone was betraying him. And said, you know what? Elisha sees what you do in your bedroom. He sees what you do in your bathroom. He sees what you do in your kitchen. Wow. And this is what 2 Kings 6, 8 to 12 is all about. So when he finds out what Elisha's doing, in verse 13, he says, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him and kill him. And was told he was in Dothan. Then he sent his, all his horses and chariots, a great host. They came by night and came past the city. And when a servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host came past the city, both with horses and chariots. And now here's what you need to see. Elisha now has a new servant. Because Gehazi has been judged with leprosy. Let me say something. This will preach to some people right now. Elijah mentored Elisha so Elisha could fulfill the shoes of Elijah. Gehazi was next in line. But he entered in to sin. He entered in to covetousness. He was going to receive it, but he didn't enter into it. I mean, everybody's heard of Elijah. Everybody's heard of Elijah. No man, people heard of Gehazi. Why? Because he didn't do what we're saying. He bought into the lies of the devil. Man, that will preach right there. All right. So here's what happens. This guy, this young man said, man, I'm all excited to be with Elisha. And then, wow, it looks like he's going to die. Again, Elisha was a man that brought great revival. But there's always trials. Man, if you don't want trials, man, it's not going to work for you. Challenges, I should say. Here's what Elisha said. Open the eyes of the young man. What happens when your eyes are open? When your eyes are open, you see openly. That's why you're born again. The eyes of your spirit through the amazing word of God causes you to see Jesus openly. I want to share much more on that in the coming weeks. And the young man saw, whoo, behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. Wonder where Elisha got that from. Elijah broke through the open heavens and it was imparted to Elisha. Jesus has broken through by his blood to open heavens. It's imparted to us. So what happens is this. He's now excited. He sees angels all that are the, the angels are more than all the chariots, men of the king of Syria. Wow. And when they came down, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and says, Smite this people, I pray with blindness. He smote the whole Syrian army. Nobody could see. We need unbelievers to understand that they are blind. That might sound strong, but Jesus said, if you think you see, you can't enter into salvation. You've got to first understand you are blind. You need a Savior. You need someone to open up your eyes. So now the whole Syrian army is blinded. And Elisha takes them to the king of Israel, has mercy on them. And their eyes are opened, and they see the mercy of God. Open heavens are amazing. Jesus just didn't die. Man, so we could go to heaven. He died, which is amazing. He died so we could see him openly here. Open heavens. Open heavens. Elijah, Elisha. All right. How do we enter into this? Glory to God. One, we need to take first things first. Take care of your own spirit before you're trying to take care of the nations. 
Make sure you're in righteousness, peace, joy, love, perseverance, really, experiencing Jesus yourself. Amen. Glory to God. A lot of people out of giftings enter into ministry and get destroyed because, again, your own spirit has to stay open. Second, pray for others. Esteem one another higher than yourself. Pray for one another that you might be healed. You want to be blessed? Pray for somebody else to be blessed to get the line moving. Someone says, but they, they got this before I did. You know what? You need to say the line's moving. I bless that person in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Pray for one another. Third, shh, glory to God. Enter in to creating the environment, to sowing unto the environment that's necessary for God to work. So you can be expected, excited. And then lastly, live by your heart. Man, God's been dealing with me. I have in my spirit to get a lot of people that are mongoloid whole. I've seen a few whole. And I'm not going to let the devil talk me out of it. But see, I have to focus on it. I have to have a passion for it. Not to let anything else in my way. I tell you something, you're letting people in your way because of this or that, then you know what? To get you out of love and peace, church, whatever, you know, then your passion is not as much as you think it is. If you can't fast once a week if God tells you that, your passion, see, it, when it's in your spirit, that's when the Spirit of God will come. Spirit of God spoke to me, and I, I want to encourage everyone here, everyone listening, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Lord spoke to me, like in the context of getting mongoloids. How many people, I never heard a word of knowledge for a mongoloid kid in my life. In all the decades I've been saved. Why? Why? It breaks the heart of God. I heard, and I said, Lord, Man, I know there's a battle. The devil doesn't like it. Can I tell you something? The church has sowed the unbelief in the context of these kids. I was in a church where a mongoloid kid got right. And one of the reasons was because the pastor said, I'm not going to buy into the lie that they can't be changed. And I challenged the church. I was preaching on Mark 5. I said, the woman with the issue of blood. I said, virtue came out and healed her. Everybody clapped and stood up. I said, can virtue come out and deliver you? They stood up and clapped. I said, can virtue come out and help you with your finances? They stood up and clapped. And I said, can virtue come out and heal a kid that's mongoloid from birth? And nobody said nothing. Pastor stood up. He said, before this man goes on teaching and preaching, we're going to repent for our belief. How often does that happen? Not often. But it's going to happen now. It's going to happen in this church because we need to let our hearts out. For you, it might be something else, but this is how things come. But God spoke to me. He said, I will bring it to pass. And I said, how are you going to bring it to pass? He said, you didn't initiate it. And you're not going to bring it to pass. I initiate it. I'll perfect it. And I will bring it to pass. Whether it's his church, whatever it is. I didn't come up with that idea. To make mongoloid kids a priority. I didn't come up with the whole deal with the center dealing with sexual abuse and kids have been trafficking. I didn't come up with the idea that Kathy and I had to start a pregnancy center. Now there's like four of them. We, we, as we're starting to catch you the number of babies. See, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about his heart being manifested. <clears throat> Jesus. Let me share to make it real simple. I've heard the expression, you know, Jesus is with me to help me. That's good. 
Someone said he's my co-pilot. Can I tell you something? If Jesus is your co-pilot sitting next to you, change seats. He's not meant to be your co-pilot. He's meant to drive the plane. You're meant to sit beside him and agree with them that when he's going through some clouds and turbulence that he still knows what he's doing. That's your job. It's his job to fly the plane. Man, Kathy and I really like going to Niagara Falls. Our kids, I really enjoy, I like Niagara Falls. And uh, there's a story of a guy that went over the falls. I think it's tempting God, but he, he had pictures on this rope or something riding the back over the falls. And we're up there and someone was telling a story. There's, this guy went to all these people and, and said, you know, and they were saying, man, you're amazing. And the one guy said, I believe you could ride over the falls backwards on that bike. He said, really? He said, you're so confident in me? He said, man, I am confident in you. And the guy said, you're just the one I'm looking for because I got a two-seater. <laughs> Come on. Jesus is saying, will you ride with me? Will you ride with me? Shh. Will you ride with me? By letting your heart out. Glory to God and humility. Responsibility. Man, I have visions of things exploding. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I, I, I have a man that I was praying with. He usually doesn't prophesy. He kept saying over and over again, explosions, explosions, explosions. Well, that's open heavens, isn't it? Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Christ in you, Christ in me, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. What's that mean? It means the glory that Jesus brought about. He's given you a desire and me a desire. To let him bring it about again through you. Through you. As you ride with him. Glory to Jesus. Stand up with me if you would. Glory to Jesus. Someone says, man, you're really passionate. If you're not passionate, is it real? If you're not passionate, are you in faith? If you're not passionate, how are you going to die to self? How are you going to get excited? Expectant. Do what you're called to do. We should be the most excited people on the face of the earth. Right. Amen? Amen? Again, I see things in my spirit. For us as individuals, this church and churches all over America. My seed for this church right now. Jesus. 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 One man brought revival to Wales. One man brought revival to Azusa Street. You can bring revival. Because it's not you, it's Jesus. And it's not me, it's Jesus. Man, I, I tell you, <clears throat> Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise and worship. If you're listening to my voice right now, and I, I, you're disillusioned as a Christian. It's because you bought a lie. You bought a lie that this doesn't work like you thought it did. I curse that lie. I loose to you renewal. Your faith to come alive in Jesus' name. Just put your hand up and say, God, break the lie of disillusionment and unbelief. Cause my faith to rise. If you're not a believer, man, you bought the ultimate lie that the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus was not necessary. That's the only thing that's going to send you to hell. But the heavens can be open to you right now. A changed life. By just saying, Jesus, I've received the power of your blood through what you did for me. I repent of my sins, my selfishness, and ask you right now to come into my life. Save me. Heal me. Deliver me. You said that prayer. There's a number on the screen. Man, call it. We'll get material to you free of charge. For those of us here today, I feel like the Lord's saying, 
see the vision that he's given you. See it coming to pass. Because what God has placed in you, <clears throat> the devil cannot stop unless you let him. But we're not going to let it. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Woo! Can you say this with me? Say, Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus to open up the heavens that caused me to see the kingdom of God. Your heart for me and what's inside of me so I can receive and enter in woo, to the life ordained for me.